Well, hi there, dear friend. Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we're responding to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. You're listening to Hugh Heenan, currently ministering out of Trinity Gardens, Seventh-day Adventist, as well as uh, Faith Adventist Centre in Mawson Lakes in Adelaide, South Australia. I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you as we explore this week's continued theme of the Bible and the end times. More particularly, today's related topic of apocalyptic books, Should They Scare Me? And our co-host today is Helen. Helen Gray ministers out of Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful Adelaide Hills, uh, South Australia. She's our very own here on Faith FM uh, on the Drive Time program. And so, Helen, how are you today? Fantastic. It's great to have you with us, yeah. and it's great to be together as we explore this really important and vital topic today yes. of uh, the Bible, Jesus, and end times. It's very true to say that uh, the Bible has a lot to say about end times. Jesus had quite a bit to say about end times. And uh, the world today and society today has a lot seemingly uh, to say about the times in which we're living in. <clears throat> and you could even add and say perhaps the uh, that uh, it seems to be culminating towards something, converging towards uh, mm. possibly the, the end of uh, life as we currently know it. Uh, it seems like the word unprecedented seems to come up time and time again uh, on the airwaves, uh, on the TV, uh, in news broadcasts, uh, in commentary and broadcast and, and uh, feedback, talkback, uh, wherever you tune in, you seem to hear those words, unprecedented times. And even amongst people that we meet, um, I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, a couple of people I know and I have caught up with through the week and... Um, who don't, well, they'll openly say, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. You know, oh, they might say, I believe in the universe or something like that. But they're coming back and they're saying, there is something happening in this world. Something is building up like there's an agenda. Something's building up on us. And we are quite right. And the Bible does share with us a lot of what's going to happen. Mm. And, and of course. Are you it- scared yet? Am I scared? Yeah, wasn't that what you said we're going to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I'm shaking at the moment is because of the air conditioning. (laughs) Oh, dear. I tell you what, it's it's quite a contrast uh, from the outdoor to the indoor here in the studio. But uh, all that being said, uh, I think we're going to find today that though sometimes the terminology and the imagery and the very reflection upon what end times could be like – uh, both in terms of what the Bible speaks of and what we encounter in uh, uh, in the uh, surrounding world in which we live, um, it it uh, it's easy for people to uh, perhaps get a little bit uh, concerned, agitated, um, tense, stressed, and yeah. frightened about these things. And yet, the Bible has a lot of hope to share, doesn't it? I think today, Helen, you're going to be sharing with us uh, yeah, quite a bit about that. Yeah, you've just taken my thunder out of it. All oh, have I? Just like that? <laughs> Thank you. End of broadcast. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's been nice knowing you, folks. Yes, no. no. <laughs> Now, actually, uh, uh, while we're talking about these matters, it, it seems to me that there are things happening in the world today that, uh, again, borrowing that term, unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one of the things which really caught my attention these last couple of days has been uh, events in Canada. Uh, our listeners may have uh, uh, realized that there is uh, a series of protests which are happening there in Canada at the moment, and uh, this uh, includes uh, that of the Freedom Convoy, as it's termed itself, uh, uh, a whole series of truckers uh, that have uh, converged en masse there in in Ottawa, in the capital city of uh, Canada, and have blockaded 
parts of various routes or attempted to. Uh, they've been dispersed, they've reassembled, and, and so it has gone on. Uh, not altogether unusual because, of course, we've seen that happen before in the past in many parts of the world. Uh, we've seen protests. We've seen peaceful protests. This doesn't seem to be altogether a violent protest. Some are suggesting it could be in some ways. Uh, by and large, it does seem, at least from this a remote corner of the world. At this distance, it seems somewhat peaceful. Uh, but the response to it has been quite extraordinary. And uh, I can't help but uh, uh, but mention the uh, comments made by the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, uh, just a couple of days ago, who said that <clears throat> he's invoking the Emergencies Act there in Canada to crack down on anti-vax mandate protests. Now, I'm not altogether convinced that we're talking entirely here about anti-vax. I think what we are talking about, though, clearly everyone agrees, is about uh, mandates, uh, how far, uh, how, how much do they extend, how restrictive or, or permissive uh, in terms of a spectrum uh, do these uh, should they be. And there's quite a debate happening over there and in some quarters happening in other parts of the world as well. But uh, all that being said, his response or reaction has seemed quite strong. In fact, uh, to the extent where he has said that uh, in invoking the Emergencies Act, that he intends uh, and is very prepared uh, to uh, freeze the bank accounts of peaceful protesters, uh, of those who are protesting. <clears throat> now, Helen, it strikes me as being quite uh, extraordinary when you consider that uh, protest has been a part of the Western world for the last half a millennia. Uh, and we go all the way back to the Protestant Reformation, uh, where society was reformed and ushered in all the many freedoms that we have today uh, on the back, on the tail end of that, uh, as we, uh, we had the freedom to explore well, what is truth, uh, what what uh, what does the Bible say about things? Uh, what uh, what is the extent and the uh, the uh, nature of knowledge, <clears throat> and uh, and the freedom to be able to explore these things openly uh, and without hindrance, and uh, and so it's uh, it's quite. Uh, Extraordinary to think that here we have a prime minister of a democratic nation uh, who is uh, endeavouring to stop people from protesting by threatening to freeze their personal bank accounts of anyone linked with the protest, not even just simply the protesters uh, themselves. In fact, even going so far as to suggest that uh, vehicle insurance of those who are, are involved or linked to these protests uh, would also be revoked or suspended. Do you know... I'm just listening to what you're saying here, Hugh. Do you think maybe this is like, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction? You know, we're at the end of our tether. I'm not in his mind, but it's almost like they don't know what to do anymore, so let's go drastic. Yes. And um, that's pretty horrendous when you stop and think about it. It's very severe. <clears throat> in fact, some, some could suggest that the reaction is more extremist or extreme mm. than the protests themselves. Um, it, it sounds almost like... Uh, the time of President Bush and the 9-11 uh, attack uh, and uh, the the uh, steps that were taken to try and neutralize terrorism around the world by yes. freezing bank accounts. Yes. Um, it's, it's essentially treating everyday ordinary citizens as terrorists for protesting. Now, am I coming down on the side of the protesters? Maybe not. But certainly on the side of uh, the freedom to protest, uh, if we... Uh, if we consider that something is, uh, is, is not as it should be and we have the right to protest in those circumstances, uh, democratically, peacefully. Um, but, uh, yes, it does seem quite uh, a draconian, one could almost say, mm. uh, uh, approach 
uh, that uh, has really been quite an incursion upon civil liberties uh, there in Canada. Are you aware, <coughs> excuse me here, are you aware though if somebody wants to protest about their bank account being frozen, they need to go back and look at the contract they've signed with their banks? Because many, many years ago I, we had to swap over due to the work commitments <coughs> and uh, the paper they asked me, the contract they asked me to sign, I actually read fine print, probably one of the few left. <laughs> I have to use a magnifying glass now, but that's fine. Um, and I said to the gentleman at the bank, I said, I cannot sign this. And he said, why not? And I said, because of a clause you've got there. And the clause was something to the effect of I was giving permission for them to freeze my bank account if they wanted to. There was no reason given. Mm. And I know what we're I've, – I've studied scripture. I know what's coming. And praise God, he's given us, you know, that in the Bible. But I, I, I looked at him and I said, but you're not giving a reason. You're virtually saying you can close this. And he mm. said, oh, well, that's in case you, it, you, you know, you, it gets stolen or broken into. I said, it's not what it says. And he said, um, what is your problem? He said, we've never had a complaint. I said, well, maybe nobody reads a fine print. And he said, well, I'm the manager, so I would make sure that everything's fine. I said, but you may not always be the manager. Mm. And he, he was just stunned. He took it back to head office. It made quite a stir. And they came back and they had actually deleted it out of the contract that I signed. Well done. Yeah, yeah that just shows amazing. the importance of keeping yes. alert and vigilant yeah. uh, and uh, ready and willing to be assertive yeah. uh, where, uh, you know, uh, certain inalienable rights, human rights, yeah. um, and and ones that we simply take for granted in terms of commercial contracts, um, where they could be infringed upon. It's really Can important. Can you imagine to speak what up. this will do? Not, I mean, for the truckies, their family. Yes. The whole world, literally. <laughs> you know, I mean, you put yourself in their position. That's right. How how would you cope? Where do you turn? That's exactly what right. What do you do? Yes. When everything that you thought that you had, you no longer have. That's right. Uh, and you know what? The Bible does speak about a time in the future where uh, that will certainly take place, where mm-hmm. there will be a time in Earth's history where everything we've taken for granted, where, where we thought that uh, we are on solid ground and everything that we thought we had, we may not necessarily always be able to rely upon. Exactly and right. and, uh, and the Bible doesn't raise that for the purpose of scaring us or trying to frighten us. You are reading my mind. But rather instead <laughs> to prepare us yes. to, to know ahead of time that no matter what happens, though the heavens form, the earth shake beneath our feet, that uh, we can rely upon someone who's always in our corner, who's always there, that we can always trust in, and that's God. Amen and yes. amen. In yes. fact, in Revelation chapter 13, it talks about a time that will come uh, towards the end of that chapter where uh, there will be uh, a time in which those who do not necessarily agree with a, uh, a, a governing system, uh, both a secular and religious system combined, uh, that uh, it has no qualms whatsoever about uh, people's democratic rights or civil liberties or human rights, uh, will make it uh, such that people will not be able to buy or sell unless they have complied with receiving a certain mark. The Bible calls it the mark of the beast. Uh, now, that hasn't happened yet. <clears throat> That's still future. But oh, what yeah. we do know is that uh, uh, that even at that time, that we can certainly have hope and we can know that God has got our back, amen, that we can rely amen. upon him, that he will make sure yes. uh, that, uh, that uh, we have nothing to fear except fear itself and that we can turn to the Lord and know that uh, we are on strong, confident ground. Doesn't he say your bread and water will be sure? We'll be sure, absolutely. I don't know if anybody out there likes just bread and water, but 
<laughs> when you've got nothing, it's better than nothing. <clears throat> it yeah. sure is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, it's that's very true. And so we can have confidence knowing that that uh, God is the great provider. He is the supplier, mm. uh, and. Uh, and that uh, no matter what happens in the future, we, we have this hope in him. Now, of course, we're still living in very democratic and, and uh, times in which civil liberties are upheld uh, by and large. But it does remind us again of the importance of uh, being vigilant, uh, not just thinking about ourselves, mm. but thinking about the rights and, uh, and the freedoms of others. Uh, because let's face it, uh, what affects uh, somebody else, as Jesus would put it, the least of these also affects every one of us yes. and is important to him as well. No man is an island. That's very true. So um, just a little interesting uh, side note, if you like, but one that is very relevant and timely to uh, to this very uh, time in which we're living there in Canada. And uh, uh, I'm just very thankful to think that uh, we're living here uh, in Australia at this time and uh, hopefully yeah. cooler heads will prevail there in Canada uh, as yes. uh, as they navigate the issues that they're facing there in that nation. Uh, but hey, look, no matter what faces our listeners or faces us, uh, Helen, we know that there's someone who will help us navigate all the financial, personal, interpersonal, uh, medical uh, and uh, and all the other issues that, that we face in our day-to-day lives. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point in time, let's uh, turn our ears and our thoughts and attention towards the fact that God has wonderful words of hope, of life, of peace, and of strength. And we're going to listen to uh, uh, this song, Wonderful Words of Life, uh, by the group Revelation.
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Well, dear listener, I have this wonderful free offer I'd like to share with you today. It's the book End Time Hope. It fits really neatly uh, with regards to our topic for today. Our topic, of course, relates to that of Jesus, the Bible, and the end times. Apocalyptic books, should we be afraid of them? Should they cause us to be frightened? Uh, And so today's free offer really speaks directly to that. It's called End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by world-renowned writer, speaker, and presenter, Pastor Mark Finlay. Now, there's some really incredibly good news in this book by Pastor Mark Finlay. Uh, it covers the biblical teaching of the return of our Lord Jesus. Uh, it raises some really important questions about this. How will Jesus come? Is it a secret, silent coming? Is it a majestic, glorious event? What events will precede Jesus' return? Has our Lord himself given us end-time signs that signal his coming is near? And what is the meaning of Armageddon and the Tribulation? What about the rise of the Antichrist? How can we prepare for the coming of our Lord? Every single chapter of End Time Hope echoes with certainty, and best of all, the answers come directly from Jesus' own words in the Bible. And so this really reminds us that we can face uh, the future with great confidence, with uh, incredible certainty. And in the pages that uh, you'll read, you'll look beyond what is to what will be, and your heart will really soar, I'm sure, uh, as you do. So joy will be yours as you discover hope for today, tomorrow, and forever. Now, to get today's free offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA, capital S, capital A, 32. So SA32 to 048 That's SA32 to 048 80811 and you will receive uh, the uh, incredibly wonderful free offer End Time Hope A Journey to Eternity all yours for free now before we continue in our program today uh, this is a really important topic it relates not just to Uh, the times in which we're living, but it looks forward in time into the future and talks about what the Bible has to say about times to come. And so we really like to just pause for a moment and uh, seek the wisdom of God in prayer, uh, the only one who can really look reliably into the days ahead. Let's pray. Father, just thank you so much for this time. We are able to join with you on the airwaves together with those who are tuning in, who are listening in to what's a vitally important topic, the topic of uh, the end times. Uh, are there end times? Uh, is the world at some point coming to an end? Is this drastically uh, terrible news? Or is it, in actual fact, despite uh, the end of the age, the end of the world, uh, nonetheless good news uh, and a time of hope because we know that uh, the end is not the end for those who have their faith in Christ? We pray that as we Uh, Take time to open up the Bible as we tune in to hear the words of Jesus. We uh, ask that you will provide us with the hope and the certainty that goes beyond our present circumstances and uh, uh, beyond uh, even the end of the age, even the end of this world. So we we look forward to that, Father. We pray that you'll bless uh, our co-host today, Helen, as she explores this very topic with us, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, we're just going to, at this point in time, uh, listen to uh, another wonderful song here. It is uh, called These Are They, and it's talking about those who will come through 
uh, times of difficulty, times of, uh, of uh, uncertainty, uh, times which are perhaps uh, still to come in the future and which the Bible describes in, in relationship to the end times. And it's sung by the Heritage Singers and it's taken directly from the pages of the Book of Revelation, one of those very apocalyptic books we're talking about, uh, and in, in particular from Revelation chapter 7. So listen and enjoy this wonderful song, uh, These Are They.
beautiful song that was, a beautiful song, a reminder of the fact that uh, we have one who will be uh, with us through all tribulation and trouble, whether present or in times ahead and times to come. And so so what a wonderful uh, song to introduce us to the topic we're about to look at today, Jesus, the Bible, and the end times. We have one who, by his very own lifeblood and by his own sweat, blood, and tears and sacrifice, is assuring for us a future beyond whatever we face in times to come. And so... Jesus, the Bible, and end times, apocalyptic books in particular, should we be afraid of them? Should we be scared of them? What are your thoughts, Helen? Well, number one, if you don't know what the the word apocalyptic means, how can you be frightened of it? Mm. Well, what does this word mean? Otherwise, well, I took the liberty of looking up the dictionary. Man, there was a lot. You know, it came up with catastrophic, momentous, ominous, potentious, life and death, serious, grave, epic, Huge, earth-shattering, world-shattering, earth-shaking, world-shaking, and on and on, of or resembling the biblical apocalypse. Mm. And, um, you know, just before we go into this, the biblical apocalypse, I was thinking and I was reading an article about time. Great believer in that we have 24 hours a day and what we pack in that suitcase, you know, (laughs) means it's either going to be too heavy or just right. But, Hugh, tell me. Time is actually split into three sections, I believe. Mm. What's that? Yeah, so I guess you could say it's compartmentalized into past, present, and future, isn't it? Okay. So are we still in the past? Part of my brain is. (laughs) (laughs) Some would say that, um, you know, it's way back in the antiquated past. Can we change the past? We can't. No. No. And what about the future? Can we even know it? Uh Aha. Absolutely, but we do live in the present. I came across this article and it says, Time, what is it? Ben Franklin said that time is the stuff of which life is made. All that is, all that was, and all that is to be lie within the dimension we know as time. And, you know, he also says it's made up of these parts. And the present is ever sliding moment between two seeming eternities, reached from the far distant past. To forward to a mysterious future But you know as far as we know Hugh unless you know something I don't know which is quite on the card Humanity is limited To moving only Forward through time Mm. Would you agree? It doesn't go backward Yeah, That's right yeah and and of course if you're going backwards You can't progress can you? No. No but tell me Hugh what if you were to escape The bonds of time Stop it completely in its tracks and even move around within time at will. What would you do and where would you go? How radical. What an amazing thought. It is. In fact, one might even suggest that to be completely free of the bounds of time as we know it would be quite discombobulating. It might be even a little bit disorientating. Boy, that's a good word. Yeah. Discombobulating. <laughs> <laughs> where are you from, you? <laughs> the past. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, but seriously speaking, though, you know, would you want to travel um, to distant lands? You know, in the future. Mm. And, um, you know, maybe you'd like to go back to the past and look at how they built the pyramids. Yes. Wouldn't that be great? You know, or witness even firsthand the birth of Christ. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, or maybe even present an assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. What if we could do that? But on the other hand, what if we could transport ourselves into the future? I know there was a couple of movies made. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. 
Fox that played in them. But he, um, they had Back to the Future. That's right. Interesting title, Back to the Future too. But, you know, seriously, would you want to discover in advance the outcome of every decision that you could make? Wow. Maybe you'd want to spy out winners in the stock market. But that's wild fantasy. Oh, well, maybe not completely, though, because in the early 20th century, Albert Einstein introduced to the world the theory of special relativity, which revolutionized our understanding of time and space. And Einstein discovered that time can actually be slowed down or accelerated, depending on how, on how fast you move relative to something else. Now, no doubt you studied that at school as well, but what a concept. But imagine you had the power to travel to and from the future. You would be the most sought-after person in the world. If they could find you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You'd be somewhere in the future. Everyone would turn for advice from everything from dating, life to investments, maybe even from a little inside information about future sporting events, you know, and so on and so on. And maybe we say, okay, this is all impossible. Can't be proved. But... Think about it for a minute, Hugh. We're actually going into the Bible right now, and it can be done through the Bible. And that was a bit that got me at my eye when I was reading this article. Within its pages are more than 2,000 distinct and verifiable predictions, and if you learned that over 1,800 of these have already come true, would you be interested in knowing more? I'd be very interested. Well, let's be clear, though. The Bible is not an almanac revealing who will win the next World Series or a fortune cookie announcing those elusive lotto numbers. But it does answer the really important f- questions about our future you know, and about your future, yes. every one of us. And we might already know that the Bible is brimming over with, with um, prophecy do you know, listen to how accurate these predictions have been and have turned out to be. So let's dig in to what we're doing tonight. We've got, I mentioned the word, biblical apocalypse. Mm. What does that, that mean, Helen? <laughs> biblical apocalypse. Okay, so you got in ahead of me. You can ask that question. <laughs> okay, well, I, I wrote this down. I said, typical of biblical lecture that emphasizes the lifting of the veil between heaven and earth and the revelation of God and his plan for the world. Apocalyptic writings are marked by distinctive literary features, particularly prediction of future events, accounts of visionary experiences, or journeys to heaven, often often involving vivid symbolism. You know, the symbolism that you see, I can remember I have got a dear friend who loves to study, and um, she loves Revelation and Daniel, and I'm sure she's listening. She listens every time. And um, I, I one day I got her... I, I picked up somewhere. It was like a comic strip, but it was on Daniel and Revelation. And I gave it to her. I thought she'd enjoy it. And she she looked at it and she handed it back. I said, what's wrong? She said, it's too scary. She could read that in the Bible when she actually saw the pictures. I've got pictures here that the listener can't see. But if you'd never seen them before, how would those pictures affect you? Mm. Yeah, they do look quite, you know, I can see what you're holding up there, Helen, and, and they certainly do look uh, quite um, vivid and uh, something which you would, really wouldn't want to meet on the street. Mm. You know, uh, lions with wings and uh, bears with bones in their mouths and uh, uh, all manner of different kinds of uh, 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 images that uh, that 
really would be quite uh, intimidating if you were to yeah, see them absolutely. Yes, in real life. And yeah. I think but it, each one has it, a really important meaning, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. And what about this one? It's a beauty. I wish I could show the listeners this one. Mm. Would you like to meet that in your dreams? No, certainly not. Explain what it is for me. Well, Just it's, what you're looking at, not what it is, but well, what oh, are you okay. seeing? I'm glad you said that because, because uh, in terms of what it is, it's the indescribable beast of, of Daniel, which of course is indescribable. So I'm not really sure if I can describe it to our listeners. But the picture, the artist's portrayal, uh, is very much like a dragon uh, or, or, or a uh, dinosaur dragon type beast with many great teeth and a very malevolent look in its eye. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Have you ever seen a picture on a movie about end time events? Yes, and I I'm talking secular movies. Mm. Now, come on, be honest. Let me hear what movies you've been to see. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember there was one advertised which was called The Apocalypse. Yes, I haven't seen that one. No. 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 I only saw, saw the shorts for that and I thought, ooh, not sure I want to see that one. <laughs> and we see posters and especially today it seems to be coming more and more, mm. um, not only on the movies but in television and what have you, you know, these dramatic movie posters. You want drama, listener? Boy, go into the, the apocalyptic books. Mm. Well, Helen, I wonder um, – when you talk about apocalyptic literature, when you talk about the books of the Bible which are apocalyptic, which books do you have in mind in particular? Well, you will find the apocalyptic books are mainly about prophecy, what's to come. And we could look at several several books in the Bible that speak on a prophetic um, basis. But the two main ones that we tend to look at is Daniel and Revelation. And I believe they go hand in hand. In fact, it's found in the Old Testament of the Christian Bible among the major prophets, Daniel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Isaiah, we find Daniel. And I just I just want to mention a few things about Daniel. We haven't got a lot of time, but we're going to skip through fairly quickly. There, he had four dreams. Well, he had more, but I mean four main dreams in this area. The first dream is of four beasts, which would destroy the whole world before being destroyed by a divine judge who then gives eternal kingship to a son of man. Well, if that's not scary, let's go to the second vision. That was of, do you remember what that was? Of a, uh, a, a two-horned ram. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's running rampant. It's going one direction, then another, uh, until it's destroyed by a goat. Mm. And then the goat gets what? Uh, it, it gets a, a, a horn or actually uh-huh. has... Uh, uh, a small horn that gets larger and larger and then uh, is eventually uh, replaced by four. four well, I've got to tell you, I had an argument with a goat once. <laughs> did and, you? Um, Who won? Well, ultimately he did. <laughs> um, but initially I did because he was very docile on the chain. And when I finally got him onto the chain, he was very docile. But he scared me so much in his anger. It was like like he had a split personality off the chain, on the chain. And... Um, Oh, I was screaming my head off asking for help and no one came and I, I was literally battling this this goat to the ground and got him on the chain. But I was shaking so much. My husband had been out at what we called a branch Sabbath school up in Papua New Guinea and he got home and he said, what happened? I said, McTavish, that was a billy goat, got off of his chain. And he said, oh, well, you got him back on. And he said, no, oh, well, you, you won. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I'm not going near him ever again. You know, he literally won. But yeah, I, I when when I thought about this ram, he was running rampant, destroying. Mm. 
Mm. You know, well, that was scary for me when I thought about that because I'd had an experience. But there was a fourth and final vision of Daniel, and it's probably the closest to the revelatory, if you want that word, end of times concept of apocalypse found in popular imagination. And that's where we see this huge, big, horrible, undescribable dragon. But there is another book which we count as an apocalypse literature. And what book's that, Hugh? It's the Revelation. <laughs> That's exactly right. But Revelation, where's Revelation in the Bible? Well, it's the very last book of the Bible, isn't it? <clears throat> it's really, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, God's last gasp uh, attempt to capture our attention, our imagination, and mm. uh, and also to warn us of things to come. But it's also a book that uh, holds God's dreams and aspirations and hopes for those he loves. I'm so glad you brought that in. Mm. That is so, so true. Because when you read all the symbols and what's happening in Revelation, it can turn people away, mm. you know, because it can appear frightening. Imagine how yes. the Apostle John felt when he, he witnessed this in a vision. Mm. I often think he was on the island of Patmos and... Wow, you know, because it's packed with symbolism, isn't it? Mm. And images and numbers to create a prophecy of the end days. You were going to say something here. No, I was just thinking that um, you obviously caught that. But, uh, yes, it's it's true to say that uh, there are a lot of people that are quite frightened by what they first encounter in the book of Revelation. And sometimes it's how it's introduced to them. I remember a, a young lady that I, I had drama class with at high school. And out of the blue, she brought up, she said, well, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yes. And she said, well, I go to a particular church and... Uh, um, what do you think of the book of Revelation? I said, it's wonderful. What a great book. You know? And she said, it's terrible. It's frightening. All those beasts. Um, every time I read it, I get the shivers. And, and I said to her, well, you know what? Um, yes, there are those things in the, in the pages of the book of Revelation. But the book of Revelation is about the revelation of Jesus. Amen. We don't need to worry about the beasts when our eyes are fixed upon, uh, upon Jesus, the one who has the victory over the beasts uh, in the book of Revelation. So I love this book, and, and uh, she didn't look quite so convinced. But I think um, as we begin mm. to unpack it a little bit together mm. uh, today, um, Helen, that you'll, you'll hopefully help our listeners to realize just such a wonderful book. It is. It really and, is. Well, the Bible's an amazing book for a start. It does interpret itself. Yes. You know, when you get into these studies, it's, uh, and by the way, if anybody is interested in studying, we can help you out there. Uh, don't hesitate to contact us. Send us a text. And, uh, yeah, we'll certainly be happy to to go with that. But, you know, Revelation is uh, a source of our popular apocalypse Bible book. You know, in the visions, John is shown intense spiritual struggles, and it was a battle centered on a conflict between earthly and divine influences and the eventual, uh, and what you've already mentioned, the eventual final judgment of man by Mm. God. It's vivid. It's sometimes confusing images. Times described in the book are laden with symbolism that often ties into the prophetic writings of the Old Testament as well. But, you know, it might be even ritualistic in some of its terms. But John's vision of how Christ will return when it's time for God to judge all earthly beings and reward the faithful with eternal joy for life. I am getting excited because that is a great, great time. That, my friends, will be with the end of the world. I guess it brings us to the question then, if we're talking about the end of the world, should this topic, in fact, should the apocalyptic books, because they cover this topic, should they scare us? Now, before we jump into that, um, maybe it would be good for us just at this point in time to uh, to listen to a certain song, which I think uh, just reminds us 
that uh, God many times in the Bible tells us not to be afraid. Uh, and uh, it's by Ron and Patty Valiant, um, or Valant. And uh, it is, O Israel, fear not. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, just so good to be on this topic of the fact that uh, when we think about times to come and we think about the uncertainties that lie ahead of us, that we can have the certainty of knowing that uh, we don't need to fear Amen. where God is present. And uh, and certainly that's true in the pages of the book of Revelation, which, uh, Helen, you're going to be opening up for us uh, in a few moments in terms of uh, its importance and also how that it's not such a book to be afraid of after all. But just about before you do, just want to remind our listeners that today's free offer is the book End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by world-renowned pastor, speaker, writer, and presenter, Pastor Mark Finley. Uh, and to get today's free offer, all you need to do is to text the code word SA, that's capital S, capital A, 32, SA32 to 048811. Uh, that is uh, SA32 to 048811. Text that through, and uh, once you've done that, uh, you'll be receiving this wonderful book, End Time Hope, uh, by Pastor Mark Finley. Well, uh, again, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with myself, Hugh Heenan, and our co-host, Helen Gray. And uh, our theme for this week has been the Bible, Jesus, and End Times, and Specifically today, we're looking at the question, apocalyptic books, should they scare me? What do you think, Helen? No, they shouldn't. <laughs> That's a short answer. But I know it's scary to a lot of people because when we go into Revelation or Daniel, you know, there are some scary passages, time of trouble such as never was, we're told. Wow, look at the world today, Hugh. I mean, can it get worse? I was just asked that question this morning. <clears throat> Somebody on the street asked me that yeah. question. And uh, and we both agreed that, um, well, it doesn't seem like it could, but perhaps it can. And uh, But 
when it does, it's only going to get better, is what I share with that person. Yes, that's yes. a good point, because it'll, it'll be for a short time, it yes. will get worse. Yeah. In fact, I think Jesus even says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. Yes. And if you look back in history, and in the Bible, and in history, and see what what uh, Noah was like. I remember preaching a sermon on it and I pulled out seven points and um, it actually shocked me, <laughs> never mind the people that were listening. But you know, yeah, fear, fear, a vicious beast, etc. You know, I mean, some of the movies, I don't watch movies much anymore. I don't see the television much anymore. I'm just very busy and I praise God for that. But I was at somebody's place the other day and there was this ad came on. I have got no idea. It said something about Paramount or something. And there was this creature crawling down to grab hold of this woman. And I thought, man, that would give me nightmares. You know, what are we feeding our minds on? But, you know, if you want to read about it all, you can find it all in Revelation. But you will find, as you have mentioned, that we don't need to fear. Fear is not the purpose of prophecy. Rather, in the prophetic books, Hugh, there is a warning and a hope. So I feel we don't need to be afraid. Fear, I'd like to talk about for just a moment, if I may. It is never a welcomed feeling. Have you ever been afraid, Hugh? I have. You have? Yes. And by the look on your face, it wasn't a very good experience. No, no. You can see the apprehension written large, yes. can't you? <laughs> yes. There's, there's been terrible times of fear. And, yes. uh, you know, when, when those times come, all rational, reasonable thought and, and faith uh, sometimes can seem to fly away. But, uh, but uh, there's something so, greater than our fears, isn't there? Do you think it was, it's wrong to fear? I don't is think there, it's wrong. Is no. there a reason that we feel fear? I think there is a reason. Uh, I think at least at the very least uh, that, that we fear in order to realize that there's a danger somewhere and we mm. need to avoid that danger. It's either fight or flight. It is. That's exactly what can yes. save our life. Okay, so the, do, you, do you know that the average human being experiences fear a countless number of times in their lifetime, not normally just once? So it's not surprising to find that there are many stories of fear in the Bible. I haven't got time to go through them all, but many of the great Bible characters had to deal with fear in their journey on the earth. But there is a difference, I believe, Hugh, between godly fear and earthly fear. You know, however, throughout the Bible, you, you will find both. You know, fear of earthly troubles. And you've got what we say, the fear of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that we're scared of God. It means that we want to reverence him, you know, and show him that we love him. He, t- he will take away the fear, absolutely. Proverbs 1.7, can you share that with us, please? Hugh? Yeah, sure. Uh, Proverbs one seven says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's an interesting text, isn't it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And, and where do we get that knowledge from? Well, I think we get a lot of knowledge about God from what he shared with us about himself. Absolutely. And, of course, a lot of that we do find in the Bible. Yes. And we find in the words and in the life and uh, in the love that's on display in, in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. You know, God repeats it many times throughout Scripture. I mean, I don't know if you've ever sat down and marked your Bible and say, he said this, this, and this. But if you go through, he keeps saying, do not be afraid or fear not. Mm. You know, and yet we're told to fear the Lord. So is that contradictory? I'm not so sure it is. You know, uh, really when we we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about a deep awe Mm. and reverence Mm. of God where where we have this, uh, if if we're afraid of anything, 
it is a fear of not being with the one we love the most. Yes. And so really it's, yes. it's the flip side of a, a deep uh, abiding love and passion for God yeah. who first loved us. Um, mm. It's like what David said. He said in the Psalms, you know, uh, uh, Lord, let not your spirit depart from me. If there was one thing he didn't want to lose in life, it was that. It was the yes. spirit of God with him. Um, yeah. And so the fear of the Lord is a very good thing. Uh, because it keeps us uh, very much uh, connected with God, this deep respect, uh, awe, and, and somber reverence for who God is. We take God seriously. Absolutely. Mm. Good and answer, And, of course, when Hugh. he's around, yeah. we don't have to fear anything else. No, that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. You know, it must be clear that it is God's will for his children mm. not to be afraid. You know, he will give us a peace that passes understanding. And I've shared on the air before several things that have happened in my life where I have felt that peace that passes understanding. You can't really explain it, but boy, you want to be in that mode forever. It's really, really good. Okay, let's just move on. Fear is not the purpose of the prophecy or the apocalyptic prophecies. It's rather that in the prophetic books there is a warning and there is a hope. We cannot be afraid of war, crime, losing a loved one or getting infected with a disease, all these earthly things. And if we hold to this kind of fear, we will lose out on the good things that God has in store for us. The thing is, what are we going to focus on? They're very real. I'm not saying these things are not happening. I'm not saying that there isn't tragedy in this world. There is tragedy. But, you know, the right kind of fear, Hugh, as we've already said, is the fear of the Lord. And it comes when we continually please the Lord. It doesn't matter what happens to our physical or mental well-being. As long as we please God, he will give us happiness. And we cannot be emotionally troubled by the issues of this life when you have God on it. Have I got time just to share a poem? Yes, please. If, if I may. Yes, we'd Actually, love to hear it. It's a song, but I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I think <laughs> oh, the listener might turn off very quickly. But anyway, it goes so like this. So we're still talking about fear, are we? Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fear of a song. Okay, okay. <laughs> Message received. But, you know, when you look at look in the papers, and this is how this song came to be. Crisis on our doorstep. Trouble just ahead. Time that's coming closer that most people dread. Crisis soon upon us. Calamities will come. Soon will be the coming of God's Son. Fires, floods and earthquakes never was before. Tornadoes, drought, cyclones, bloodshed and war. Sleepless nights of worry, depression and despair. Strife and confusion everywhere. But God says, do not be afraid, for the Lord thy God is with you. Do not be afraid, he will not forsake you. Do not be afraid, he said, he'll never leave you. Do not be afraid, he is always with you. And I would like to close on a, a, a quote from one of my favorite authors, apart from the Bible, Ellen White. And she says, we have nothing to fear for the future, except we forget the way he has led us in the past and his teaching. And I tell you, I've said to people, keep a journal, keep a journal. Because when you go back to your journal in the moments of despair or fear, or it's just the future is worrying you. Where's this world? You can go back in your journal and you can actually see where God has led you. And you know you've got nothing to fear. I do not fear 
what man can do to me. I do not fear what's going to come in the future. And and I think my doctor gets a shock. You know, I've had three death degrees given to me in the last two years, Hugh, and still battling one of them. And I just said to my doctor, it doesn't bother me. It's a win-win situation. Mm. I said, if I live, I serve the Lord. If I die, I will finally after. He, when he comes, I'll open my eyes and see my wonderful Savior. Amen. So please, listener, don't fear. God is with you. And Jesus really is the ultimate insurance policy, isn't he? In fact, he's better than an insurance policy. He's our very best friend. Yes. And so um, you know, just what you're sharing with us now, Helen, it does remind me of the fact that uh, when you look through the, the pages of Scripture, time and time again, we do come across those words, fear not or be not afraid. Uh, in fact, uh, if you enumerate them, I understand that there's 366 times in the Bible that those words are shared. It counts for the leap year. It does, doesn't it? So yes. one for every single day of the year plus in a leap year. So there's not a single day that passes from one year to the next or from one season or one part of the cycle of life to the next where we are not reminded by God, I have promises, words of hope spoken over you, I have a future in store for you, uh, and, and I have uh, my plans uh, written large uh, in terms of my hopes for your life. Uh, and you'll find that in the book of Revelation, you'll find it in the book of Daniel and uh, throughout uh, the pages of Scripture. Can and I just... Just interrupt there just for one minute. Yes. It's a choice. It is. It's a choice. God mm. isn't saying you are predestined for this. He's saying you have a choice. That's right. And, and listener, I really hope and pray your choice is to choose God, mm. to lead and guide you. Yes. And, and if, if it's true to say that uh, uh, if we're ever wondering about what is to come next or how we're going to face it, just like you were saying, Helen, we can look back upon the diary of the last year and we can see how many times God has reminded us, fear not, how many times he has said to us, be not afraid because I am with you, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, and uh, with that thought in mind, uh, we'll begin to bring our program sadly towards a close today. Um, and uh, that's just simply so we can come back and love you and uh, spend more time with you and, and God with us too on another occasion. But just a reminder again to our listeners that uh, this is uh, not the only opportunity you have to engage with this topic. We do have that wonderful free offer that has uh, uh, been made available to all our listeners today. And we want to thank uh, Evanist World Radio. We want to thank Faith FM for making that possible. And that is the book uh, End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by that world-renowned writer, author, speaker and presenter, uh, Pastor Mark Finley. He's gone all the way, all the way around the world, mm. and many, many countries in the world, hasn't he, Helen? Yes. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And he has a really distinctive and, and heartwarming way of sharing the hope that we have in him through the pages of Revelation. And so I really want to encourage you, uh, get your free copy of this book. Uh, text the code word SA, capital S, capital A, 32, that's SA32, to 04888-8811. Again, that's code word SA32 to 04888-8811. And this wonderful free offer will be yours. Let uh, me just say here, if, if sorry I cut you off again there. I've been doing that a bit tonight. <laughs> sorry about that, Hugh. Um, may I say it's not a huge book. It's only 127 pages, but boy, does it pack a punch. Mm, it mm -hmm. sure does. It's a wonderful book, yes. and we know that you'll be uh, very much uh, encouraged by what you encounter in the pages uh, because it will point you to Jesus, who is our hope and our strength uh, in times present, uh, that covers matters in times past and uh, with regards to things yet to come. Uh, well, uh, we'll end tonight with a word from our sponsors and uh, our final song uh, for uh, this program is that of Change My Heart, O God, a beautiful song. And uh, uh, before we do uh, turn towards our final 
song this evening, we would like to just pray with our listeners. Uh, Father in heaven, we want to thank you for the hope and the certainty that we have in Jesus, uh, for the plans and the dreams that you have uh, outlined and uh, provided to us in the book of Revelation and another apocalyptic literature found within the pages of the Bible. Uh, Lord, we want to thank you that, uh, yes, there are warnings there, but warnings that are given out of uh, uh, your love for us, of the dangers you want us to avoid and the delights and the eternity you want us to embrace. And so, Father, we ask that uh, you'll bless us as we open our minds and hearts to what uh, the book of Revelation reveals to us, and that's Jesus. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listeners, we look forward to seeing you, or at least spending more time with you next time. But until then, please remember, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with this gift, peace of mind, peace of heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So do not be troubled nor afraid. May God richly bless you, uh, our dear listeners and friends uh, tonight. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like my heart, oh God.